Hey, what's up? We're Beauty School Dropout. I'm Beepus. I'm Coley. And I'm Bardo. And you're hanging out with Rob on Front Row Live. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> All right, what's up, guys? Rob here, Front Row Live Entertainment. I am finally hanging out with Beauty School Dropout. I've been excited about you guys since I first kind of started to listen to your music. And um, I haven't seen the live show yet, but I'm like, I can't wait to see that. Because what I see online, it's like madness that you guys, <laughs> you guys do you. on those stages. Yeah, uh, that's our bread and butter. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, congratulations. Like this year, I feel like you guys have been on the road constantly. Um, most recently with Blink-182 on a freaking arena like uh, tour. What is that like for you guys? Like kind of getting up on these stages, like so like these huge stages and kind of like making that stage your own. You guys have basically done that throughout this entire time. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's been a interesting learning experience going from, you know, our first show being two years ago, almost like literally this is the craziest thing. I love saying this story because it makes me feel so <laughs> cool. But first show <laughs> two years ago in a thrift shop back like after hours flooded that thing just like grungy as as all hell. <laughs> Two years almost on the date, Madison Square Garden. And so the learning experience is for us, and then as, as Cole mentioned earlier in a previous interview, it's like the actual like real learning curve was like eight months mm-hmm. of like going from like, you know, five hundred cap club shows to like, you know, these twenty thousand cap arenas. And I think for us it's like it's been a crazy, crazy learning experience. And I I'm the first show on the Blink Tour we were all so nervous but it was so cool because we hadn't been nervous in a long time and we really had to like figure out how to like capture that audience because you're basically playing to a giant pit of black you can't see anybody i'm sure at that that point that's what it is yeah it's literally you walk out i'm like oh oh okay (laughs) but like it was kind of fun too because i'm like wow i'm just i'm just gonna pretend i'm rehearsing with the boys on this massive stage you know it kind of does feel like a club show in some senses yeah because like you can see only the pit of like two to five hundred people (laughs) and then to think about that there's 15 20 000 people yeah laced throughout this whole (laughs) venue is crazy when it comes to like that that performance cole like how do you just basically like nail that whole stage i mean you use the entire stage no matter how big or small the stage is i'll be as big of a dog as you'll let me be (laughs) that's just it i don't know man (laughs) (laughs) i tend to like bigger stages i mean i think as most people do but i like bigger stages because it allows me to be a little bit more horizontal with my movements rather than like vertical (laughs) that i know that sounds stupid but like i literally when we're in club shows like diagonal with mine yeah well i mean you think about it it's like a cardio class it's like (laughs) like it's like dancing around a stage is a lot different activity than it is jumping up and down in a tiny stage when you're like trying to engage and get people hyped up right i've done this for so many years and it's the first time that someone said something like that it's that's that's where my head's at that's 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 like i'm i'm literally game planning every single stage like that because it's i mean ultimately there are different ways to engage and get people hyped but at the club shows like i used to find myself super winded by the end because it was like I would be jumping up and down yeah. the whole time. I'm like, oh, my God, what's going on? Whereas, like, I don't know, having the space to pace and, like, engage with different sides of an arena is really nice. And there's a, there's kind of, like, a comfort to it, I think, for me at least, because I just like having the room to breathe. Yeah. Yeah. How about, like, as far as, like, oh, go for it. Did um, you have something? We run into each other a lot. Still on on those stages? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Damn. We definitely... um. 
have made each other like bleed and <laughs> busted his face open oh, with yeah. his guitar. We did, we did it to I, each other. Yeah, it was like two shows in a row or like a couple, you know, however many in between. But like, so I was playing and I just felt this thud and I looked down and Cole's just like, oh, and I'm like, I don't even know how we bumped into each other. But my guitar slammed into his face. And then a couple shows later, I'm like over him and then he like hits, goes backwards and his head just like slams my nose. So it was just like this whole... We're just good at it, though. We're professional athletes. It's, you know what I mean? So it's stage theatrics. So you guys, you, I mean, essentially, you guys need bigger stages. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. It's not big enough. We're meant for bigger stages, for sure. <laughs> we like to throw our guitars, spin them around our head, like actually, like yeah. over our heads, and just take it. It's the dropout helicopter. The dropout yeah, helicopter. helicopter. Yeah. Get through the chopper. <laughs> but that's what I love about the stage show because I feel like before when I would go to like punk shows and stuff, I would see that, but now I don't see that as often, and then. Uh, seeing you guys on stage, like I feel like those guitar flips are, the, you know, are are happening again. Yeah. Um, so it kind of like puts you guys aside from everybody else. Everybody's just comfortable just with their guitar. We're just, I think the best way we've been putting it is like, we just want to be the biggest boy band ever that plays the hardest yeah. punk set <laughs> ever, and we always want to be the black sheep. Like people are like, who are these kids? Like we're writing pop songs and whatever, but like when we play live, we want it to be an experience that you're like, oh my god that it was visceral like i really like i felt like i was just getting thrown around you know what i mean so that's our, that's always our goal and i feel like we can we're always trying to figure out how we can improve yeah with these experiences with uh with this these arena shows how did that kind of impact the writing process just because you know when when you're thinking about a club you're thinking about like a small capacity type of like audience for for your for your music and then now you're seeing like this big arena like i'm i'm sure oh. like now you're thinking like arena rock type style like i have the perfect answer to this we've <laughs> always pictured arena stadium nice. our goal has always been to get to stadiums so club shows are just a stepping stone yeah to get to like that's what rehearsal our goal is <laughs> and so like we've always wrote written our music with the intention of it being played for 20 30,000 people. Yeah. We also wrote our best song that we've ever written as soon as we got back from that tour, which is and then left Beautiful Waste. Yeah, then coming out, coming out Beautiful Waste August It's 2nd. out. Should it's be out. out now. Out now, Beautiful Waste. <laughs> out now. Stream it. Pump it. <laughs> um but Plug. yeah, I mean as a direct result, that was quite literally we we were like, "Oh, man, like album's pretty much close to done. Like do we even want to do a session?" We're like, mm, "We'll do a session." We go, of course, lo and behold, it's like the best song we've ever made. And we're like, "All right, Cool. <laughs> Worth it. Yeah. So maybe that was because of arenas. Yeah. I think there's like something to be said about the high that we're on right now. I mean, even just in like my personal life, I find that I'm a lot less concerned with uh, like minuscule issues and things that generally would have phased me before because I'm just so excited about everything that we're doing and where everything's going. Yeah. Um, and I feel like there's like a confidence that comes with that in the life, the studio, everything. I like that you say that because like to us it feels like you guys just started and you're already blowing up but I feel like you know every band has their their you know trials and tribu uh, tribulations yeah. what was it like for you guys to get to where you're at today like what do you guys feel like was that biggest challenge that you guys had well a lot so <laughs> I mean it's like we say, well sorry to cut you off but we always talk about the reference of like you eat shit until you eat caviar and that's like <laughs> the perfect sum of everything we've been through but go on it's been said before it's like the iceberg thing it's like yeah. right now probably for a lot of people we hear it all the time but like you guys are blowing up right now a i feel like we all think we're trash right now and we're like we have so much more we, i mean we think we're cool but like we are have so much more work to do yeah. we're like 
we have big visions for this. You know what I mean? So it's like we are not anywhere close to where we want to be. Like we have so much more work to do. But it's one of those things, I think because of that mindset, it's like we've been at this for three plus years, you know, and there's been a lot of different things we've had to sacrifice to get here. And so it it is easy to see, oh, you're, all of a sudden you're doing this because people are noticing. But yeah. like it's, I mean, don't give up on your dreams. Like if you want something to happen, you got to keep doing it 1% every day and something happens. And just to add to that too, like that's just this project. We've all been going at this yeah. our entire lives. Yeah, so like, that's what people don't understand. Like sometimes it takes like three or four projects before you get to the one that actually like we, makes it. We put in our 10,000 hours before we all met. Yeah. And because like we were all writing and producing in other bands and whatever like the situations were and how we all met was just through the LA scene doing our 10,000 hours. And so when we met, we're like, okay, cool. Let's and then another 10,000. 10, so we're like at 20,000 hours right here. We're Matchbox 20,000 hours right now. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So you're doing producing and writing with your own separate projects and then you come together. What was that first, like that initial vibe, uh, first time in the studio or first time having like a session together? It was pretty interesting. So like at that point, I had been a part of a band. We were in this group called Strange Faces. That kind of fell apart. And that whole year and a half leading up to this, this was kind of like solo project-esque, right? And and I just spent every single day for a year writing in my living room as I think he was producing for people. He was also writing. Um so when we got together for the first time, there was it was a demo that I had done in my living room probably a couple months before, but then we just elaborated on it. And by the time we finished, we were like, oh. Can I just add to that Bardo was just producing for other people at the moment and basically Cole, within two months, moved in with Bardo Damn. and said, you're in the band. Yeah, I didn't want to be in the band at first. I was like, because they, I that wasn't on my radar. I, you got gaslit into being in the biggest band in the world. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I, I mean, if you got to think about it, it's like I was like I grew up in bands, yeah. then learned how to produce. So I was just producing, and I was like, I was like, I was like, I just want to produce. I was like, I'm cool with that. And I met these guys, and they're like, we want to do this band thing. And like, I was like, okay, that's so much work. That is like so much stuff we got to do. It's not just like uh, you know. And then, but then. We just, you know, Cole, it, honestly, the fact that Cole, you were downtown really helped. Yeah. If you think about it, like if you were in Venice, like, or something, or like, yeah. you just would come over like every day and literally like, we just, you know, you broke with your girlfriend and then I was, I was pulled up. I remember like Splitsville and I started living on his couch because she didn't want me on hers. <laughs> one night, like I get a call, like Cole leaves the house and then like, I then 30 minutes later, I get a call and he's like, Hey, I'm, I'm outside. Can I, sleep, can I sleep on your couch? I'm like, what? A lot has changed. A lot has changed. I've grown up a lot since the, these days. This was like four years ago, but yeah. And then, and here we are. And then, but I mean, it's cool. I mean, it's, looking back, I'm like, well, th yeah, I'm glad it happened. Thank God, because it's like, I think we all have like found ourselves in this too. Like we've all, I mean, I, I don't know. I was I even last night I was looking at photos of us like from like a year ago even. I'm like, we look so different. Two months ago, Beepus looked like he just came out of a trailer park and fucking. You know what I mean? So don't, it's like, don't talk about the Tennessee waterfall. <laughs> I had the worst haircut I've ever had. I saw a photo of our first show on the Jaden tour, dude. I'm like, I cannot believe that was like it, you look. Mistakes were made. It was okay, crazy. I had so many, had so many questions because, like, first and foremost, like. The cut, I was trying to be pretty positive, like, damn, that's, like, out there. But then the color is what got me. Like, you had, like, kind of bleached it, kind of 
leaked blue, I think, into it or something. Well, I was trying to make it go black and it just didn't stick. And so it went blue. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was bad. It was like two tufts like coming out of the side of his yeah. head, too. Like it was, it was like most like brutalized. Like think about bleaching a hair with Clorox. That's what it looked like. It screamed by Felicia. Oh. <laughs> so you're not a new member. No. Now <laughs> no, it is. Now it's like the new I'm Beepus. In, I'm in my final form almost. <laughs> now I've, this is the hottest Beepus has ever been, you know? <laughs> Thanks. This is still bedhead, though. Like, a little tough. I look like a Q-tip. <laughs> it works, man. It Thanks. works. So much better than the previous stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I like it. <laughs> so much better. <laughs> so in that transition, as you guys are writing together, that debut album happens. And now this, this new single, uh, beautiful... Um, Beautiful, beautiful waste. waste. Um, that evolution process, like from the album to this new single, like I feel like you guys have evolved so much. Whether it's like in the songwriting space or just like vocally and like instrumentation wise, like what was that evolution in the studio when you guys were, were recording the single? Well, I was. I, mean, I was going to say we're. I think we like the idea of eras of music for ourselves, and like we really want our big Swifties. Yeah, big Swifties, exactly. <laughs> and we really want our people and are like you know the dropouts to evolve with us and i think we have dude we have so many unreleased songs that are like in the vault that just like we've even planned out that like it may have been one of the first like 20 songs we've ever written or like there will be a time and place for the song just not yet so like we really categorize songs like that and i think how we want to approach it is like we always want to keep giving back to like our you know the fans that love the heavier stuff we do but like we really want to be a massive pop band. We love pop music. We love we love good songs. Not even pop songs. We love good songs. Yeah. And we want songs that just are amazing. And then how we play them live, we would just want to feel like you're at a little club. Even if you're at an arena, you want it to feel like you're at a little grungy club. Yeah. Sorry if we're not allowed to cuss, but yeehaw. <laughs> I think a lot of the character arc definitely is like a subliminal subconscious thing for us because we never really get in the studio and we're like, oh, now we're this. Like we just go and write the best song we can always and then after the fact is when we're like okay how do we turn this into something bigger than it is or how do we make it a world and how does it fit into the world that we have now which actually i've been thinking a lot about it and like for our we're releasing this next project right and then after that personally i would like it to be a little bit longer of a project but i also really want to like do a full concept body of work and like a piece of art that is thought through from head to toe and is just because a lot of like he said i mean we're writers and producers at heart so we have so much catalog that we're like okay cool what's the best song to go you know it's like i feel like it'd be really cool to uh you know a lot a space of time and only use music from that time and have a very very thorough intention with all of it he just wants to go to Hawaii and write for a month and a half. Yeah. This is, this is my way of leveraging ourselves into a little Airbnb on It's a business on expense. You know? Yeah, exactly. We're writing. It's a concept album. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the concept. We don't actually write the whole time we're there. We, we just enjoy ourselves, and then we come back and write. And then write here for like a week. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, oh, that's pretty good. It's good enough. It's to clear our headspace, you know? <laughs> what is that writing process like between the three of you guys, and, and how do you guys kind of coalesce like you know every input that you guys have into one first we take all our clothes off to turn the heat up 93 degrees yeah 93 degrees and we just get we do some jumping jacks push-ups do a quick little drop out zumba back rubs back rubs and then get right into it you know what i mean and then once we're in it uh we actually have like 
kind of roles, but we're all like very much so like just like a little tornado. Like Bardo's obviously our producer. Cole is like the lyricist, and then I kind of like fit myself in between. <laughs> like I'm like the ham in a ham and cheese sandwich, and they're like the bread. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, and so yeah, but we all are just doing everything. Like we all put our hands on the computer. We all write riffs. We all just do everything so it's like yeah they put their hands on the computer that i'm like sitting there typing and they just have the hands on yeah, the yeah. computer yeah. They're like we like feel this energy you can imagine you can imagine what our sessions yeah. are like yeah. it sounds intense yeah it sounds intense Naked, we do all that and then we just go to chat gpt and have yeah. it ai yeah. us a song else, we actually yeah. don't write any of our music drake <laughs> writes it all for us you know yeah drake's our ghostwriter we can't forget the coffee too that's part of the mix yep. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, a lot of coffee. Now we are basically a bunch of squirrels, and we just kind of like, yeah, I don't know. We also here's the thing: we steal a lot of shit. We steal shit from everybody. Um, you just love, can't tell. Yeah, you just can't tell because you know, as Picasso said, "Good artists copy, great artists steal," and I think that's something we <laughs> hold very dearly. Dearly. I'll let you take on that lawsuit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cole and I don't steal. He'll be in Hawaii. Bardo steals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. But it's it's like I think more it's like drawing inspiration from other people and i think because we write from other people we or so we write for other people we like see their processes and it's not even like stealing like melodies or like whatever it's like stealing like thoughts of like how the thought process like how you even derive a melody or like how you even get creative and it's really fun to see other people's workflows because i think it comes into our workflow and be like oh well they did this they would do that you know it's just it's fun you know so we try to just mix it up and not do the same thing every time. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys bring in any additional writers for this for this single? I know before you guys also worked with Tyler Carter, who I love that guy. Like he is such an incredible like vocalist, but also like yeah. a songwriter. Um, so any chance that he came back on onto this track, or did you guys bring anyone else from like the debut album that you guys had already? This one is just Andrew Goldstein and us. Oh, I love Andrew. Um, and then yeah, Tyler Carter did our last single with us, "Dying to Be You." Yeah. And Drew DeCaro, he's also a legend. Yeah, Drew. Drew we also have another song with them that's potentially coming out soon. Nice. It's also a banger. We'll see. It's yeah. really, really good. On the, the project, though, that we're working on, we're still deciding exactly on the track listing, but other collaborators on that one were largely us, but I think it was pretty much Drew DeCaro, Tyler Carter, Goldstein, and then Jesse, Jesse St. John, John. Oh, who okay. is, you know, for those who don't know, I mean, he phenomenal, phenomenal yeah, writer. Yeah. Um, amazing person, just first of I all. I love him. And then also amazing writer. And and notably, like, Lizzo's Truth Hurts, ton of stuff with Kim Petras. Yeah. So very in, like, the pop world, which is fun for us because he he grew up on the in the alt world. So it was, like, fun for him to come into our world and then for us to go into, you know, their world and get to, like, mesh the whole thing. And so we wrote a really, really cool song together. It's one of, our, I think, our favorites we've ever made. So... How do you guys have those sessions with like all walks of life in the in this like music industry and like still basically make it to be a BSD song? We make everyone come into our world. Yeah, I think. Ev- everyone come. Yeah, that's that's true too. But I think it really is just like when you walk in here, like yeah. you're in our world, and like we want your input and stuff. But like, yeah, we tell you exactly like what our intentions are and explain our project and show other music that we've been working on and just guide it. But we want the outside influence and then it's up to us to make it fit into our world. Yeah. With uh, vocals, Cole, uh, for this new single, um, 
how did you, what did you do to kind of step out of your comfort zone? Like, was this something that you did naturally? Was this something that like the guys got you to do in order to like try new vocal ranges, try new kind of runs on this? To be honest, Goldstein played a big role. Cause like we were talking about the verse melodies and he had this idea for it to be very like staccatoed and more mm. borderline spoken word, but just like whiny at the same time and and we just kind of collaborated on that until we landed on something and it's got this like a very kind of like a rap flow to it but yeah. it's honestly a little punk i was listening to some clash the other day like ramones yeah. and it was like but yeah like very like definitely got that old like punk like staccato kind of like whiny we've also been making him act in the vocal booth this is that is actually so true yeah yep that's very true this is something that i think we take on when we work with other people too. It's like it's like called boot camp. We're just like, listen, if you're not if you're not convincing me with your vocals, then I don't want you gotta leave right now. Ouch. And, and it's like, but it's like that's the thing. We like hold the vocals with a very high standard. It's like you have to. It's literally acting because it's like you can't see their face. So it's like you have to be convincing someone with the inflection of your voice. And that's something that that Cole has been getting a lot better at with like and as we grow and I, I think just as we get better at writing songs and recording them. And it's like creating those, those audible vibes. Yeah. You know what I mean? As far as, <laughs> as far as that acting goes, cause I feel like uh, there's certain times where you want that original vocal to happen. So, you know, do you, do you know, like, are there moments, especially with the song where it's like, no, that original one was like the best feeling or the, the most emotion that I got out of it? Or do you try and like kind of go back and re-record vocals? It depends. I'm very much so like, I like to do it a bunch of times before I'm like, okay, these are the legible takes yeah. just because I'm very like muscle memory mm. oriented. And so uh, I think that's a big thing. And also sometimes I get frustrated with that because they'll be like, wait, can you do this? I'm like, I haven't even gotten it down yet <laughs> give me one second but <laughs> but but at the same time that is the like yeah. due diligence of of getting really good at being a vocalist also the irony too is vocalists have zero control because they may think they their last takes were the best ones but it's like that's not true yeah. i know all the takes i have the list of them yeah he's the one doing, I, just, he's he's, the, I just he's the one I, doing the comping yeah. just make them keep going i'm yeah. like keep going because it's just ingredients and it's literally yeah. at the end of the day sometimes i literally use the first take someone did and it's just like this is good like we've gone in and like let's recut all the vocals recut them all and we're like man that was trash Keep i think we're demo. pretty thorough about like i don't know i mean obviously he comps it but i'll be honest if i think it's shit yeah and that's just i mean that's kind of how it is across the board you yeah. know we definitely like we're always just like what is the best thing for the song like but it really it's like i think even what dying to be you dying to be you is i think probably your best vocal take ever yeah and that was song. all day one that was all day one like yeah. demo vocal yeah. we even went and re-recorded it but then we're like, no, fuck that. Let's just like use the, use the actual, like use use the demo. And then even then, it's like he, we may hit it like seven times in a row. But like, it's fun. It's honestly like like a puzzle yeah. doing vocals because you figure out like what like he may have sung this thing. It's like oh, it's slightly out of tune, but like you can hear how you said the word, and it just like it feels it hits different. You know what I mean? So in saying that you you said earlier that uh, Goldstein like kind of had a lot of like the whole staccato going on. Um, but as far as like the, the cadence, um, cause it's different from your previous stuff. Like, so did you guys think about the cadence, uh, as you were writing the lyrics or is this something that you guys kind of thought of once you guys were starting to record a little bit of both, like the top line, I mean, it's hard to say just because we are saying yes to so many things at once, yeah. but, um, 
Yeah, I mean, the melodies were kind of coming together as we were figuring out the concept. And then through that, it became a lot easier for me to like pick out words and nuances that I was like, okay, cool. This really makes sense. Yeah. Lyrically speaking. And like, um, I don't know. It's just a big cocktail of yes. We're like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. That's not. Mm, That's cool. Sweet. All right. Roll (laughs) with it. Yeah, the hook was actually different originally. Totally different song. Yeah. And like yeah, like the I think what it started from like this little beat that I had made on the tour with Jaden. Mm-hmm. And it was just like we took some drums from there, then we like said, Okay, let's lose the chord progression on that. We wrote a new chord progression and then we had this whole different hook concept. But then we liked the concept of beautiful waste of time. Yeah. I was like, Oh, that's a really cool thing. And then I just played this little riff, like the dun, 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 and we're like, wait, that riff is the hook. And we're like, cool. And it, it, it's so simple. It's literally just the riff is the hook, and you sing the hook over the riff, and then little punk over the verses. And it's just like simple. And that's just how you like write that. a song. Just like that. Super easy. I'm going to go home and do that. Yeah. yeah. Right, if you just do that, and then you'll become, you know, hot, rich, and famous like us. You know what I mean? Just kidding. So for we're not hot, rich, or famous. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love the scream that you had. Thank you. Um, what was that process for that? Was that a, a natural kind of thing in the studio? I like um, to scream. I'm a screamer. <laughs> I was twisting his nipples, and then he just was. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's how we do it. Yeah. I also ask Cole to scream in every single song. I'm like, guys, what if we put a scream here? <laughs> we always try to like, even if we make the poppiest song ever, we always want it to sound like it's coming from us. Yeah. So we always are going to put our sauce on it. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually not even me. Beepa sings all the songs. Nice, and then, there we go. And then I just little did you guys know in the face of it. <laughs> <laughs> what would you guys say was the biggest challenge during the recording process of the single? Biggest challenge was not enough oat milk. Yeah, honestly, I, it just it was just one of the ones that just it kind of flowed. Like we did it like in one day. It just was, and we're done. We're like, cool, we're good, we're good. And like it was it was cool because Goldstein is definitely at the level in his career where like if he's you know, just doing a session and it's like feeling whatever about the song. He can just call it at 6 p.m. He's yeah. like, cool. We're good for today. Let's get scratch vocal down. Whatever. We'll sit on it. And it rolled around to be 6 p.m. And I'm like, it's kind of weird that we're still going. And he's like, I'm like, well, okay. Like, how are we feeling? He's like, no, we're going to keep going. I'm like, oh, okay. And, and like, it got to be 1 a.m. Or like, yeah. you know, or food and stuff like that. And he's like, I don't do this. I only do this when the song is really good. And he's just like, we're going to keep going. I'm like, Meanwhile, I'm over here like, oh, shit, you guys are struggling. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, yeah. No, and it just, it flowed. And it just like props to, to him. And he just was like, wanted to keep going at it, and which was really cool. Because, I, I mean, I love Goldstein. I love so much of his work. And I'm like, so I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. And so um, it just was like one of those days. Like, it, it just came easy. It was cool. Does Beautiful Waste like pave the way for this upcoming sophomore record? Or is this like a one-off kind of track? The record's definitely, eh, kind of. The album's pretty all of, like, there's a lot of different sonics. Mm. This song is a, is a standout, for yeah. sure, like, comparative to some of the other tracks, but... It opens the door. Yeah. You know, it's a good... We never do the same thing twice. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to ever be able to, like, I don't know, we, we try and always lean into the unexpected. Yeah. And making sure that this entire project is boundless because ultimately we are songwriters and producers. We make so much music that it wouldn't even be fair to ourselves to limit it to one sound. It's just like, no, <laughs> this is, this is what you're going to get and you're going to love it. If you look at like our last two singles, freak yeah. 
and Dying to Be You and now Beautiful Ways. Completely different. Yeah. Every single song is drastically different, but each one sounds like us. Yeah. And I think that's just our goal. It's just like... Hopefully this song paves the way to us playing fatty arenas and <laughs> massive shows. I'm sure it will. Yeah. I'm Thanks. sure it will. We have high expectations um, for ourselves. I, because, you guys, because you guys keep changing like the kind of sonics and the tone of, of your music, like going back to what you said earlier, you want to do like a concept record eventually. Like I would love to, to, to hear what that kind of ends up sounding like just because uh, I feel like it's, it's cool to be able to like create so many different sounds and styles, but like being able to make it one body of work and like cohesive, I feel like that's a challenge in itself. I think it'll still be super ADD because <laughs> we, I don't think we'd want to write the same song 12 times, Yeah, but it definitely will flow. I think it's also fun at the live setting because we have different sections. It's almost like a theater performance or set. Like we have different acts, you know, we have like first part of the set and then we go into like, hey, we're going to play more of our pop songs. And then we like end with like our heavy stuff. And then just like it's fun to get to play different styles coming from one band in a live setting too. But it all is because even our poppiest songs get played heavy live and it's just it kind of feels like it all meshes together. So. It's it's cool. I we're always gonna do weird stuff and ha- be very ADD. I think. Yeah, yeah. That's the through line is the performance aspect. Always like we'll put out a country jazz EDM avant bluegrass. Song. Yeah, and then just go play it like it's the hardest thing you've ever seen live, and you'll be like, oh wow, that kind of sounded like the pop song they just played. Yeah. Like, cool. Make it happen, because yeah. now I want to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> Make it happen. Um, lastly, to close us off, uh, going back to this Blink tour, what did you guys learn from, uh, you know, just watching Blink perform and, and, like, doing, not just performing, but just, like, going through the motions with every day on tour and, like, getting prepped and wrapping up and stuff like that? What did you guys, like, pick out from that? Efficiency. It's yeah, just the... Having fun. Yeah, yep. importance of having fun and the way that everything works in their whole world, like, beyond them. Yeah. They curate a space for them to be able to just go have a good show. Nice. And that, I think, is crucial as an artist to have everyone around you facilitating that for you. Yeah. And because that's what, that's what our job is, is to go put on a show and play good music. So if everyone else is working towards the same goal, Dope. then we're able to execute. Yeah. Dope. Well, I'm excited uh, for more music from you guys. Uh, the Thank new you. single is out by the time you guys um, watch this interview. It's called beautiful waste Waste. and uh thanks guys for hanging out with me i that was that was such a tongue twister at first i don't know why it was like tripping me out but yes beautiful waste is out now uh check them out they're probably gonna be on tour for the rest of the year basically right and uh thanks for watching our formal life thank you bye Hey, it's Rob again. If you enjoyed this interview, please follow for more and I invite you to head over to my YouTube channel, Front Row Live ENT, where I have thousands of video interviews with my favorite new and established artists. Once again, thank you for tuning in and have a great night.